We are on Ksubis Chof Amid Aleph 20A2 in the Archival Gemara in the first column. In the top of the first column. Amar Rabbi Avo. Rabbi Avo says, Ein Mizimen Esaidim Ela Bifneim. Umachishim Esaidim Shalom Bifneim. Vahazamish Shalom Bifneim. Nihidazamalo Hava Hachashim Yahava. So the Gemara comes on to this statement because it relates to a statement that we had in the last class. Rabbi Avo says as follows um, that when it comes to Hazama, so again, just to review what Hazama is, Hazama is a form of testimony where two witnesses come to court and they say that we witnessed a murder, let's say, on Sunday night at 9 p.m. And then two other witnesses come to court and they say, we have no idea whether or not there was a murder at 9 p.m. All we know is that those witnesses are lying because they were with us somewhere else on Sunday night at 9 p.m. And so they're essentially, this is a very unique case because they're not testifying about the case itself. They're testifying about the witnesses, the first pair of witnesses, and how the first pair is really disqualified, um, and that they're lying. And so you essentially have a case here where it's a case within a case. The case itself is about the murder. The case within the case is, well, where the first witnesses, were they lying or were they not lying? Are they liars? Did they, did they testify falsely? So it's a case within a case. So in such, in such a scenario... The witnesses of Hazama, the second pair, which says that you were with us somewhere else, they can only testify if the first pair is present, if they are in court, because it's like they're a new litigant of a case within a case. Um, however, and that's what we mentioned last time, however, and again, this also we mentioned last time, if it's not that case, if it's just two witnesses say there was a murder, two other witnesses say that, no, we were there and there wasn't a murder, he just beat him up, but there was no murder. Um, so in such a case, that's not two witnesses testifying on the, on the first pair, but it's just two witnesses testifying on the facts of the current case. They're both testifying about the current case itself. So then you don't need the first pair to be there. It's not like they're testifying on the first pair about about the first pair. No, they're testifying about the case itself. It might have ramifications with with regards to the first pair because they're obviously arguing and they, they're arguing on the first pair, but they're not. it's not a case about, test, about the first pair and whether or not they're lying. They're testifying both... Both pairs are testifying on the case itself. Therefore, you don't, they do not need to be present. The question becomes an interesting question, which Rabbi Avoa deals with. Um, what happens in a scenario where it's the first case, it's Hazama, it's a case where the second witnesses are now coming to court and basically making a case within a case, and they're saying that the first pair were with us somewhere else, and they're really lying. So what happens if, if the first pair is not there? It's true there's no Hazama, there's no concept of Hazama. But what would happen? So we'll first explain the Gemara according to the Rambam, according to Maimonides, and then hopefully we'll have time to explain it according to Rashi and many others. Essentially, since there's no Hazama, the Rambam would explain, Maimonides would explain, that since there's no Hazama, uh, there's no concept of Hazama, so therefore, first of all, they certainly do not get the punishment of Hazama. Hazama has a very unique punishment. It's not the regular punishment in general when a person uh, swears falsely in court, when they take an oath and they and they take a shavua and they swear falsely, so there's a certain punishment associated with that. When it comes to azama, the punishment that they receive when two other witnesses come and say you were with us somewhere else is whatever they wanted to do to the litigant. Let's say it's a murder, so they wanted to have the litigant have the death penalty, so then they get the death penalty. Whatever they wanted to do, if they testify about theft, so then they have to give money back. You know, or if it's a case where. They're going to give lashes to a person, so then they get lashes. They get the punishment of what they wanted to give to somebody else. That's, that's a very 
um, unique form of punishment that only exists in the concept of Eidei Hazama, in this form of witnesses who testify falsely, because that all we have is that we have other witnesses who say that they're with us somewhere else. Okay, so that for sure doesn't happen. They don't get the punishment, because in order for them to get the punishment, they have to be there. They're new litigants within this case, a case within a case. They would have to be present. Uh, the Ram also points out, however, what you end up having is that you end up having two versus two. They testified that uh, they were there. And then you have two other witnesses testifying that they weren't there. So it ends up becoming a treu trey. It becomes two witnesses against two witnesses. And then we just throw up our hands up in the air. We don't know. Uh, and it, we, they're both equally valid testimonies. However, that's the opinion of the Rambam. Rashi and many others, they say that no. Very fascinating idea. They say that the second witnesses are actually believed. We believe the second pair of witnesses because they're testifying not on the case itself, they're testifying on the first pair. So if the first pair is not there, they can't get punished. The ramifications of their testimony upon the first pair cannot be put into effect because the first pair is not there, so therefore they cannot get punished. We will not punish them, and they don't become disqualified necessarily from testifying again in the future because they're not present, just like any other litigant who's not present. However, in terms of deciding this case, we will pick the second pair over the first pair. The second pair is is believed over the first pair because they're not testifying on the case itself, and it's not viewed as a trade trade, two witnesses against two witnesses. No, it's just like any other case of Ede Hazama, any other case where... Two witnesses are testifying about the first two, first pair, the first two witnesses, and they say that, no, you were with us somewhere else at that time, therefore your testimony has to be thrown out. The same thing applies even if the litigants, even if the witnesses who are now the new litigants are not around, but in terms of impacting the case itself, we'll believe the second pair. Because the second pair is not just contradicting the first pair, but they're testifying that the first pair actually did something... Um, they're incorrect, and we will believe the second pair over the first pair, just like we would in any other case of a day hazama. That is all part of the discussion of Rabbi Avo's statement. That's the opening lines. The Gemara now moves on to a new topic based on the Brisa that we had in the last class in the last year, uh, and the Brisa mentioned that if we want to um, use a document that was already used in court, that was already verified and found to be authentic in court. So, what type of document are we referring to? So the Gemara says as follows: Amar Mar, it was stated. This is just a quote from what we had in the last in the last recording. If there are witnesses, this is just an exact quote. If there are witnesses that uh, proved a different. Uh, proved the signatures, or there's a different document that comes from court, which was already verified in court, based, and this is the key, based on a challenge against that original document, and it was established uh, to be authentic. They uh, they proved that its authenticity, and now it's the same signatures. They're able to compare the signatures, and it's the same. So that's that's a, that's a, that's a case which would verify the signatures. So the Gemara says as follows: Car love ir in lo car love ir lo. Basically, when the court is, is, is essentially is the court allowed to 
say, um, bring witnesses to prove the authenticity of the document without it being challenged. Do you need a challenge first that says that it, well, no, maybe it's forged and then you have to prove its authenticity and then it'll work? Or do we even allow the court to prove its authenticity without it being challenged? Would that itself be viewed as good Kim Shtaros? Now, why would you say that it's not good? The argument to say that it's not good is that um, without it being challenged, so then maybe we're not taking it as seriously. It's, it's not such a serious situation. Once it's being challenged, so then we're going to be very rigorous about it. We're going to care more about it. We're going to analyze things uh, in a better way. So maybe only once it's challenged and then after it's challenged that we, uh, we authenticate it. So then that's a document that we could actually use in court. Uh, but if not, so then we can't. And so that's the position of Abbasi. It has to be first be challenged, and then we could prove its authenticity, and then it can be used in court. Sigmar also mentions other forms of ways in which we could authenticate signatures on a document. Amri Naradai. Naradai says, Basically, we have a document in front of us. So we're not sure whether it's authentic or not. What you could do is, is that you could bring in Nardai says two other documents. Two other documents. Uh, let's say we're verifying a ksuba. So we have to bring two other ksuba types of documents or two other documents of a sale of a field that have the same signatures. It's not just one, but you have to have two documents with the same signatures, same witnesses, and we have to compare the signatures and then it'll be fine. Then it'll be fine. But there's a condition that it has to be, let's say it's a sale of a field. It has to be that They've been the buyer has been on the field for three years and it's been quiet because if they've been on the field for less than three years and and there's some uh, questioning of the ownership of the field and the, the original owner is is uh, protesting and is arguing so then <laughs> the document doesn't prove anything it's the document can only prove that this was a good sale if the buyer actually has been living on it for three years and it was quiet peacefully without any protest um, and so then you could use such a document. But the 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 chiddush, the the addition of Narda is to say you need two documents, not just one. Now, now Rishimi Barashi now asks, well, who is the one that's bringing these documents to court? Right? We have these three documents. You have the document which is in question, and you have two other documents with the same signatures, and we're trying to prove that they're we could compare the two. So Rashimi Barashi says it's only if those other documents are brought by some third party, by somebody else. Because if it's brought by the person himself, so then we can really ask a very strong question that maybe he himself just forged the signatures. He has the documents in front of him, the original documents in front of him. So maybe he's just copying it very clearly. <laughs> and so therefore, because it's suspicious, we will not let him bring those documents in. You have to give it to a third party. So moving on to the Gemara. The Gemara essentially asks us, why is it that when he brings it himself, it doesn't work? The Gemara asks, well, if the whole logic is that if he brings it himself, maybe he'll forge it because the signatures are right in front of him and so it'll be very easy for him to copy the signatures, well, even if it's not in front of him, as long as he saw it once, he knows what the signatures look like, he then could then copy the signature. So the Gemara answer is no. If it's not in front of him when he's copying it, so then it's very easy to mess up, even if he saw it at some point in time. But the point is, is that it's easy to mess up, it's easy to make some sort of mistake, and therefore we're not concerned. Okay, um, so that concludes that concludes this part of the Gemara. There's the rest of the Gemara till the next Mishnah. We'll be discussing a new topic, uh, a topic about um, 
whether or not uh, witnesses have to, if, if they're able to remember a situation based on writing it down, what if they wrote it down as notes and they just to trigger their memory, are they able to read their notes to then testify in court? How much do they have to remember? This is really a whole separate topic and we'll leave the last, uh, the la- this last topic for the next recording. For the last, next one will be the last recording for this daf, for daf, chaf.